0: Hey everybody, welcome to the First Prez Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen and good morning. It's good to be together. We're in a, our series, Belong. Scripture is so clear. Loneliness is not what God has in store for you, not what God has in store for me. He has something so much better and it's belonging. It's kingdom community. And uh, I'll start out by just asking, how has your heart been through this series? Has anybody been challenged? Can I? I'm saying that, I've been challenged. Is anybody with me? I've been challenged. I moved to Colorado Springs in January of 2020 and building community, like I see it laid out in scripture, it's just hard. Can I say that? It's just hard. But God is with us in this. He's calling us to this. When you're, when you're confronted with anything that's difficult, you can err in at least two different directions. And here I think, I think the, the common ways you can kind of fall off heading toward where God is calling us is to either say, you know what? I hear you, God. I hear you calling me into kingdom community, but I just don't know if I can do it. You know, I, I, I don't see it happening. I'm not seeing the fruit in my life and you might start kind of sliding away into just kind of this like, ah, I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe some notes of despair are starting to creep in. Uh, but the other way, you know, that's actually the, the, the right way, excuse me, the, the, the proper response is just to be filled with hope. And, and to affirm in your heart and say, God, if you're calling me into biblical community, if you're calling me to belong according to the statutes that you've laid out, then I receive that and I affirm that in my heart. I'm going to do everything I can to say yes to that. And I'm going to wait on your timing and just see this through to fruition. I'm going to see the fruit of biblical community just start to well up in my heart. So I I say that, I share that little intro there just to say, if you're in this and you're like, man, I agree with it, but this is tough. Where's the fruit? How do I do it? Keep going. You're not alone, and it's a good fight. Keep moving in that direction. We're picking up Uh, from where we left off last week which is Romans chapter 12. We touched on verses 1 and 2 and then this week verses 3 to 8. So as you turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, let's also open our hearts in prayer. God, thank you so much for an opportunity to gather together to lift your name high and to receive from your word. God, to know that you have hardwired our hearts for community is so relieving because we know we need each other. To then know that we are to be a blessing to one another, to belong to one another. We ask for your help to see every way in which you would have us reach out to those around us to share your love and your fellowship. So as we open your word, we ask that it would be your word that would go out, that it would settle into our hearts and that it would go into good soil and then that it would produce good fruit, kingdom righteousness, so that we would better reflect your light and life in this city. We give you thanks and praise in Christ's name, amen. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse three. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Are we thankful? Amen. Amen. So this passage, it's all talking about belonging to one another. It's going to start off by saying your thinking needs to be right. And then it's going to say there's three ways of thinking in order to understand our belonging to one another. So it's going to be right thinking, sacrificial thinking, and giftedness thinking. So verse 3, right thinking, 4 and 5, sacrificial thinking, 6, 7, and 8, giftedness thinking, One, two, three, we're out of here for lunch. Deal? All right. So, where did Paul start us last week? Big turn in the letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul wrote this. He said, "Stop doing this. Do not conform to the pattern of the world. Stop conforming, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind." So everything that he laid out in the first 11 chapters. Okay, we're going to stop conforming to the pattern of the world. We're going to be renewed in our minds. So scripture, this isn't the only place we find something like it. Scripture is so, um, optimistic is not the right word. It's so, uh, it gives us such an incredible picture for what God does in our minds. So if we start in this, uh, in this position of loneliness, and, and our minds are saying, I'm alone, there's no God. <clears throat> if there is a God, he's not here to save me. This is my mindset. And then God rescues us. And we're transferred into the kingdom of the beloved son. And when that happens, our minds begin to be renewed. Take a brief water <coughs> commercial break. <coughs> mm, you're not allowed to cough this year. I keep telling myself that. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. Renewed, renewed thinking. Mm, you guys pray for me. <coughs> wow. It's got me. When your mind is renewed, something starts happening with your perception of identity and your perception of relationship. So your perception of identity is like, who am I? Whose am I? To whom do I belong? And then relationship is, well, if I belong to someone, what does that relationship look like? How do I guide my actions in this way? So just to, just to iterate this pattern that we've been seeing throughout this series is starting in loneliness, being isolated, and then moving to a position where you're going to risk being known. And then once you risk being known, there's this regeneration that happens where you're open to God. And when you start walking with the Lord, something else happens. You start to become open to others. And so my prayer is that each one of us is in this place where we're like, yes, I get it. I don't want to just stay in this loneliness, but I want to move beyond it. And I wanna risk being known. I wanna be open to God and open to others. I wanna know the power of the resurrection. I wanna know what does God have for me in the here, in the now. So we're gonna talk through these things. Right thinking, sacrificial thinking, and then giftedness thinking. So first verse three, right thinking. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Right thinking. Right thinking is the opposite of wrong thinking. You and I are confronted by a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy every day. And that thief wants to lie to you about your identity, wants to lie to you about your purpose, wants to lie to you about your relationships. And Paul says, cut it out. Sober judgment time, sobriety check. What is right thinking? Right thinking is what happens when you strike the balance. You're not gonna go too far on one side and think of yourself too highly as you thought, but you're also not gonna fall off the cliff on the other side and think that it's all poor pitiful me day after day after day. So what do each of those look like? So when you're over here, it might be a humanistic idea that you know I don't really need saving. I'm a pretty good moral person, go to church, you know, help my neighbors, that sort of thing. Maybe, can present itself in many ways. So you're thinking wrongly, thinking that you're too high, you don't need saving, you're good, your community is good, your community is as good as it's gonna get. On the other side, it might be, you know, I don't know if God has a plan for my life. I don't know if I'm ever actually, I think maybe God means for some, of my brothers and sisters to be in biblical community, but maybe not me, you know, cause I have a really hard time with the relationships. Um, you know, my work schedule's pretty tough. And um, so I just don't know, I don't know if it's for me. Paul says sober judgment. Sober judgment is right thinking. Right thinking starts with the affirmation that yeah, I was dead in the trespasses of my sins. I was dead, dead, dead. But that's not where right thinking stops. It's where it begins. Right thinking goes on to say, but I've been, I've been rescued. I've been rescued by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus Christ paid what I could not pay on the cross for my sins. And then right thinking keeps going. It says, you know what? I have purpose. Each and every hour of my life, I have purpose. I get to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. I get to walk each and every day as an ambassador of heaven. So right thinking is understanding who you are as a child of God and then how that relates to your belonging to community. I have a church family. I have brothers and sisters who belong to me and who I belong to. So I'm bound together with my church family, right thinking, sober judgment in accordance with the faith that has been distributed to each of you. My challenge to you would be in this regard to press into your identity, to know who you are, to know whose you are, to practice a daily habit. Is there an enemy lying to me right now? Do I know that I am a child of God? Do I know that I am dearly loved? Right thinking. Number two, verse four and five. Sacrificial thinking. Listen to what scripture says here. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs <clears throat> to all the others. This is the metaphor of a, of a body. Many members, one body. Paul loves this image, he uses it here in Romans, he uses it in Colossians, he uses it in Ephesians, and he uses it in First Corinthians. We are a body, we are many, but we form one. <clears throat> Unity out of diversity. There's a phrase that's been going around the last year and a half in our culture that goes like this. <clears throat> Have you heard this? We're all in this. You've heard it. Here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke at it pretty hard and hopefully this won't derail us. It took a global pandemic for our culture to say, we're all in this together, okay? That is so antithetical to biblical community. Biblical community does not wait for the going to get tough to come together in Christ, amen? Biblical community says that any season we come together and we belong to one another and we serve one another because we understand that we are members of one another. God's people are united together in a boundless that is watertight. Why? Because biblical community has as its strength the very presence of God. What am I getting at? Romans 12, verse 1, going back a couple verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, and that's what I want to talk about, in view of God's mercy. Another way to translate that is through the mercy. Through the mercy. So, you guys, and you guys need to keep praying for me because I'm like, um, through the mercy. If you imagine yourself pre salvation, do you know what scripture says what you were like? It was ugly. Do you know? dead in the trespasses of your sins. It's like awful. It's like corpse. And then it says that God did something because he loves you so much. It says he just took you. And it's like the mercy of God is like being dragged. He's pulling you away from that corpse life. And what happens when the mercy of God grabs hold of you? You're pulled through the mercy of God. It's a power mercy. It's a life-giving mercy. It's a resurrection mercy And so all of a sudden, there's life breathed into you and you've transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the beloved son. All there's left is life and beauty, eternality in the presence of God. And it was caused by the mercy of God that said, I do not want you to stay like that. I want you to live a life of freedom in Christ. How do we come together as a community of believers? through the mercy of heaven, through the power of the kingdom of God. You and I, instead of choosing our own flesh's way each and every time, we can say today I live for God. And in part that means that today I live to bless the bride of Christ, my brothers and sisters with whom I am joined forever. So we need right thinking, we need good identity, We need good relationship. And then here, we need sacrificial thanking. And now we're going to get to giftedness thinking. It starts in verse 6, goes through verses 7 and 8. But it starts like this. Listen to this. We have different gifts. Yes, everybody join me. Yes, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. (coughs) Giftedness thinking. This is what, you know, I should just give you the big point just in case I can't make it here. (laughs) So listen very closely. If you are not stewarding the spiritual gift or spiritual gifts that have been given to you by God, if you are not stewarding those and distributing them to the body, then first, Prez is being malnourished. Then as a church whose sole purpose is to shine the light of Jesus into this city, we're going to be doing a lesser job. Now, This is not a despairing thought, this is a hopeful thought, because what it says is that every single person that calls on the name of the Lord is given a supernatural spiritual gift by the Holy Spirit. A gift is to be used, to be given away, and in this context, to the body. And it is to demonstrate that the power of God is alive in our midst. So Paul lists seven different gifts. Is that all of them? No but it's what he lists here to the church in Rome. and It's what we have here before us today. And so I wanna walk through these seven gifts, make sure we have at least a starting understanding of what they are so that you can start to identify and reaffirm in your heart, I know how the Lord has gifted me. Does the Lord want that to be a secret? Does the Lord wanna gift you and then make you just struggle trying to figure it out for the rest of your life? That's not who God is. He's a generous God who gives freely and then who wants you to exercise the gifts So being able to discern that is a part of a natural Christian process. Gift number one, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Prophesying is heralding a word from God that he gives to a child of God for the people of God that gives revelation, that reveals something of the kingdom of God. It is to be received by the body as a force of edification. So God, in his good timing, will appoint someone to declare a word. They may not even be aware of it. But the body receives it and says, that is a revelation from the Lord. Now, in a sense, what's new under the sun? We have God's word here. We have scripture. And so on one hand, we say every prophetic word is always anchored to who God is. God is faithful. He does not waver or change. There's not a new understanding of salvation or any of these things. But here's the thing: we're finite, right? And so we walk in a certain way and we're focused on a certain way, and you know we have so many denominations going this way and that way. And a revelation might be, hey, focus on this aspect of the kingdom of God. And then we as a people say, let's run after that. God is, God is showing us that He has something for us there. Number two is the gift of serving. If it is serving, then serve. (laughs) There it is. You know, service, though, is such a bedrock of the Christian faith, isn't it? So, Matthew 20, 28 says this, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, ought we all serve? You better believe it. But does God gift a a special gift? Is there a special giftedness of serving? Yeah. What might be going on here is that the Apostle Paul is addressing the deacons of the Roman church. Saying, you've been called into this special office of service. And everybody in the congregation, as we learn to walk in Christ, we can look to our deacons as a model, as exemplars of what does it look like to serve one another. Gift number three is teaching. If it is teaching, then teach. Don't cough. Let's let our teaching lead us to total transformation of heart unto the likeness of Christ. So, what is teaching not? Teaching is not just head knowledge. It can start there, it often does. But it has to sink to heart transformation. And heart transformation, biblically, is always directed unto conformity to Christ. Because God's good desire is that you and I should become more and more and more like Jesus. Every day of our life. This church, this city is super gifted with teachers. I drive around and I see like the little logos of all of these like famous global NGOs, Christian, in the city. And this is amazing. We have such a gift here. So, how are we going to use it? We're going to use it to say yes to what God desires to do in our hearts for transformation. Number four is to encourage. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. This is, my, this is my favorite one because I need so much encouragement. Man, the last year and a half has been kind of rough. We need encouragement, and God gives a supernatural gift of encouragement to his children to then redistribute, redistribute. What is encouragement? Encouragement lifts up out of the mire, but this word is translated uh, in other ways as uh, exhort. Well, what is exhortation and how does it fit with encouragement? Well, when someone is exhorted biblically, then they are actually uh, redirected and begin to move in a more Christ-like direction. It's like, they're, it's like their eyes are taken off from over here, moved to over here, and then they move in that direction. And so some of us are gifted with the ability to come alongside a brother or a sister and say, hey, I wanna help you up out of this muck, and then I wanna help you follow Jesus even better. And then that person's response is, well, I've been waiting on you. Great. Here we go. It's a gift. It's a gift to be given. And so if there's someone sitting near you, and you're like, that's them. I know they have this gift. Just give them a nudge, because we got to start pouring it out more and more and more. Are there any other gifts? Three more. Number five, if it is giving, then give generously. Giving generously is, is purity. It's simple. It's Uh, The best way to give is with no strings attached. Have you ever gotten a gift and then realized later that it actually came with like a stipulation? It's not that fun. God loves to just give, just give, just lavish. It's, It's simple in the sense that it's just pure of heart. So we're gonna be given a gift from the Holy Spirit to free us from feeling like we have to put strings on our giving and we can just say, be blessed. Be blessed. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Other translations use the word zeal. What does it mean to lead with diligence or to lead with zeal? I've been been thinking about that, and uh, what comes to mind, maybe I'm just getting way too distracted, but I've been thinking about what it's going to be like to carry uh, a little baby. My boys are past little baby stage. They're going to be two and four pretty soon, and so they're more in the whack-it stage, like whack them or like smash them, or like push them, or you know, they're in like a little boy phase. Uh, But my wife is halfway through her third pregnancy, and we've been starting to think about what is it gonna be like to hold a baby again? The reason I bring that to bear on our minds is because I've been thinking about leadership in a different kind of metaphor with a baby. What do you do if, if you have to get a baby from up here on stage to the nursery? What kind of diligence are you going to exercise What kind of zeal are you going to execute say, I'm going to to watch what I'm doing here? You know, each one of us has leadership roles in our life. And what if you take that very seriously, saying that the Lord has put me, you know, I have a family, I have myself, I have either a a business or an opportunity, a small group. Um, I think if the text is thinking directly about our deacons with the serving gift, then this leadership gift could be directed toward our elders. And it just got me thinking, what if our elders treated this church family, First Pres, like an infant and said, I know where Jesus wants this church to be, and I'm going to do everything, everything in my power to make sure it gets there well. So I'm going to tend the flock well. I'm going to oversee well. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Do it with zeal. And finally, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Mercy is such a, a great word for Romans because Paul just spent 11 chapters just outlined the mercies of God. Not our mercies, the mercies of God that save us. And then in Romans 12, he starts to say, so I'm going to appeal to his mercy, and then now I'm going to say, be merciful. Because if we try to be merciful apart from God, it just falls apart. But if we understand that our ability to extend mercy is rooted in the having received mercy of God— we can do it. When you extend mercy to somebody, you, uh, you forgive. You, you say, you know what? You wronged me. But instead of letting that build a wall, instead of, that allowing, um, instead of allowing that to, to, to hurt our relationship, I'm going to extend mercy. I'm going I'm to ask us to, let's actually go deeper in our relationship. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. Let's keep going together. We are the have-received-mercy people of the world we before anybody on the face of the earth should be able to freely lavish mercy on those around us. So today, if we're gonna belong to one another, if we're gonna live a life of kingdom community, we have to think rightly about our identity, about our relationships. We have to think sacrificially, we belong to one another. It's no longer the I show, it's the we together, we are belonging. And then finally, giftedness thinking, Every single one of us has a very, very special gift from God that we may bless the bride of Christ. So, where do we go from here? We press into identity. We ask the Lord to help us sacrifice well for each other. And we discern our gifts in community for for the building up of his people. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much that you don't leave us in loneliness. You don't leave us in isolation. Instead, you come to us and you say, I have a plan and a purpose for you. I am calling you to be my child. And I am giving you a community of brothers and sisters for whom you can belong. And in that, find life. God, help us to understand the gifts that you've given us, that we may be a blessing to those around us. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that you've called us into light. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S.org.